Chicago, this is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of ruminating window, all offered up by a panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Republican Jeannie Ives, Republican Josh Cantrell, Democrat Georgia Logothides, and Randall Sanborn retired from the U.S. Justice Department. Our program tonight coming to you from our new studios, Paul and Angel Harvey Studios at the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago, where our toll-free lines are open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. If you'd like to email me a comment, it's beyondthebeltway2019 at gmail.com. If you want to tweet me a comment, it's at Dumo, at D-U-M-O. You can go to beyondbeltway.com and you can see and hear this program. And if you never miss it, you can go there anytime to see past broadcasts. And also, we, of course, live on Facebook and we are live on YouTube. So thank you very much for being with us this evening. We've got lots to talk about. And uh, we are, we're one year away from Election Day in 2020. Today's the, today's the, the clock starts ticking. And uh, between now and then, when usually that campaign would dominate all of the news, it's going to be sharing uh, the domination of news with what might be going on in Washington, which is an impeachment, uh, a, a deeper impeachment inquiry, which, of course, was approved this past week. And then, of course, there will be uh, the trial in the U.S. Senate. Georgia Logothides, thanks very much for being with us. Uh, you're with The Daily Cost. You're one of my uh, favorite uh, uh, liberals who appears on this program. Um, are you worried that the next year is going to upstage the vote one year from now? And to those people that would just say, hey, let's, this, let's solve this thing at the ballot box a year from now, What's wrong with those people that, that want to stick to that as, as the, uh, the, the final verdict on Donald Trump? A couple things are wrong with it. First and <clears throat> foremost, it ignores the fundamental problem, which is that this impeachment inquiry is set because of the fact that the president has tried to interfere with the 2020 election. For, so for those who claim that it can be solved at the ballot box, we don't have a guarantee that that ballot box will be uncompromised when you have the president of the United States to this day making press conferences from the tarmac asking for China, Ukraine, Russia, any other foreign agent to interfere in our elections. Jeannie Ives also joins us. She's one of our Republicans. She's running mm -hmm. for uh, Congress in the western yes, suburbs yeah. around Chicago. You're answer to the same question? Uh, look, you know, I think that people will have a choice in 2020 whether or not they want to reelect Donald Trump. And that's when we should do this. This impeachment inquiry, talk about interference in election. 2016 was complete interference by the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign. What looks to be appear really the Obama administration on, uh, you know, actually um, uh, spying on Carter Page and Papadopoulos and spying <laughs> on the Trump campaign. There was no doubt about it. And so we, It's not called you know, spying. It's called doing an investigation no, no, it's of not. against potential foreign let's agents. Let her, let's let her talk. Absolute spying. And for Donald Trump to come back in and say, look, we want to get to the bottom of this and we want to find out how everything started in 2016 is actually going to the truth of to everything that needs to be investigated. And that's what's going to... I think the Democrats should be very concerned here. They should be less concerned about impeachment because the, the, the Senate's not going to impeach. This is 
just a total useless exercise, by the way. The what they need to be con- the Senate convicts after uh, trial. Uh, the okay, they, they complete the impeachment exercise. Okay. But let's be honest here. What they need to be concerned about is the Durham report and the Horowitz report and whatever comes out from that. Let's go to Randall Sandberg. 20 years with the, with the U.S. Justice Department in the Northern District of Illinois. So you know the inner workings of, of the Justice Department. But to, but to my question... One year from now, the American people, everybody's going to have a vote on Donald Trump one year from now. And, and, and if other people have votes that conceivably throw him out, whether it's House and or Senate, obviously, uh, it's going to be taking something away from the American people. Do you see it that way? Well, I think both things you started your premise with are true. I think the House is going to impeach, and I think the Senate will not convict him. So ultimately, voters will have a choice to make a year from now in November 2020. Um, and and I think they're not mutually exclusive to have both of those things happen. It, despite whatever the Horwitz and the Durham investigations show, I think both of those things still happen. Uh, Josh Cantrell also joins us, uh, an attorney, one of our other Republicans tonight. Josh, on the basic question, uh, should the should the voters make the final decision? Doesn't look like they're going to. The voters should make the final decision. Uh, Nancy, they're not going to make the first decision. They may, they're going to make the second decision. Nancy Pelosi promised that she was not going to move toward impeachment unless there was broad bipartisan consensus. The only bipartisan consensus that happened on Thursday was that two Democrats joined all Republicans in, impo- in opposing this attempt to impeach the president. So let's just call this for what it is. This is yet another Uh, attempt by the Democrats to overturn the results of the 2016 election and move forward. But but wait, you're interrupting, and I remember this from last time. We're not going to do that this time. (laughs) You're going to let me finish. I'm just trying to correct the record, but go ahead. We'll we'll come back to you. Yeah, yeah. But in any event, uh, what needs to happen is the American people are going to see through this process. I think it's going to backfire on the Democrats, and we need to move this country forward on broad bipartisan issues like the U.S.-Mexico deal, like infrastructure and things like that. If it's going to backfire on the Democrats, then why don't you just let it happen? Oh, well, look, as a partisan, I'm glad this is happening. As a partisan... This is going to be good for us. But as an American citizen who wants to see U.S., Mexico, Canada trade deal pass, okay. infrastructure, other things happen, I think it's terrible for the Georgia country. Georgia has a comment. Yeah, I, I love the concern trolling from the right that they claim that this is going to be a huge backfire for Democrats. Look, at the end of the day, what you don't hear from the right is that the country needs this, that our American democracy needs this. Impeachment is actually a sign, the impeachment inquiry is a sign, that our democracy is still functioning. And the reason that that vote was so lopsided is not because it wasn't merited, that there wasn't evidence to warrant formalizing that impeachment inquiry. It was because the president has all of those members of the House in his pocket, that they are terrified of a tweet, that they are terrified that he's going to take away their election funding. That's why the vote was so lopsided. And you know how you can tell that? Because there are so many Republicans outside of the House that are supporting this impeachment inquiry. In fact, the polls show that the opposition and the Republican Party is not 100% are of you saying? Are inquiry. you saying that you think the Republicans in the Senate are going to have a a, a stronger and a firmer backbone? Oh, absolutely not. No, no, because everyone wants the money. Everyone wants Donald Trump's campaign catch. That's what it comes so this down is, to. So, so you that just described this where it's not going to go anywhere. 
But just because the Senate is on lockdown to partisanship and a lockdown and fealty to the president does not mean that the, the House abrogates its constitutional duties. If that was the case, then impeachment would never happen. Okay. Well, Randall. I think this is maybe not the impeachment that Nancy Pelosi wanted, but it's what she got, and deservedly so, because the House cannot not move forward with this inquiry and expect to ever be an equal branch of government. The idea of checks and balances has got to mean something if our democracy is going to sustain itself. And I unfortunately think it's true that the Senate is not going to convict, despite the fact that I think there is... It's certainly evidence to proceed and see where it goes. And there are known unknowns. We don't know what public hearings will show. There have been hours of testimony that we don't know about. And I think a real uh, uh, wild card still is what role John Bolton might ultimately play. When we come back, we'll hear from the Republicans reacting to that and also your reaction as well. 1-800-723-8289. 1-800-723-8289. I'm Bruce Dumont from coast to coast and around the world on Beyond the Beltway. Experience the pure holiday magic of Goodman Theatre's A Christmas Carol. For over four decades, the heartwarming story of Scrooge's discovery of kindness and empathy has enchanted more than a million theatergoers of all ages. The Chicago Tribune calls it a beloved holiday tradition that tugs at all the right heartstrings. Performances run November 16th through December 29th only. Get tickets for A Christmas Carol today at goodmantheatre.org. The economy is not working for everybody, especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's e-verify system to prevent illegal hiring, but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require e-verify, raise wages, and recruit left-behind Americans? See what voters want at eVerifyWorks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA, because numbers count. We return from Chicago. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks very much for joining us. G.D. Ives, and I also want to get to Josh to weigh in on this as well. Uh, one of the big issues that the Republicans have been talking about is the fairness of it all, that mm-hmm. Adam Schiff is is running a kangaroo court. Mm-hmm. Uh, to what extent do you think that message is is hitting home to the voters who are, let's say, casually interested in politics, not as interested as you are. Do you think they're buying this? Because one of the things that the Democrats are saying is there are Republicans on those committees. They can ask questions. Mm -hmm. So how is that? It's not on television, but how is that secret if the Republicans do have the ability to cross-examine some of these people? Well, the problem is, is that it's not public. You know, the, these hearings should be public. And I think when you saw Matt Getz and a whole bunch of other Republicans storm down to the skiff and, and actually say, we're busting in there and we want to know what's going on, we deserve to know just as well what's going on. And I think that that was the tipping point for Pelosi. And that's basically forced her into having to take this vote. So the process became more open. But we know that the new rules that they put in place um, to govern the, the, the hearings that are going to go on, they're still not fair. I mean, the executive branch, I'm just reading from um, some of the details on the impe- impeachment inquiry and resolution, the executive branch has, is not permitted to participate in the open hearing at all. Um, you know, the, the chairman, Adam Schiff, has complete subpoena power and can reject anything that the Republicans put forward. This is not an open hearing. It's not transparent. And so as this goes on, I think that at least seeing this publicly, uh, opened up, I think that people will understand where the fairness is um, still Gosh. adrift. I, I would second what Jeannie says, and I, I would 
what, what Jeannie just said. And I would also say, look, in order to get buy-in from the American people, the American people have an innate sense of fairness. They're going to be able to judge whether this process is fair. Is it going to be done like Nixon and Clinton, or is it going to be done the way Adam Schiff wants to do it here? Is it an Adam Schiff-run show, or is it going to, are they going to try to get buy-in from the Republicans as Does well? Adam Schiff's conduct to our Democrats, does Adam Schiff's conduct thus far create a problem for you if your goal is to get to uh, a buy-in by the American people and a buy-in and agreement that fairness is what everybody wants, do you think he's already said things and done things that make him a less than stellar arbiter? I want to ask you. No, I'm sure though people will disagree with that if they have a partisan interest that's opposed to uh, impeachment. But uh, I think my understanding of the rules when they get to a public <laughs> hearing is that Trump administration lawyers may be present. I do think there's a provision in which Schiff might be, or Nadler or Judiciary might be able to exclude them, but initially they're welcome to attend. And I, what Schiff is doing now with the closed hearings, because we have no independent or special counsel that is acting as a prosecutor to investigate these allegations. Schiff is essentially having the Intelligence Committee act as a grand jury, which is, by law, a secret proceeding. And this is very much akin to that, to gather information, to gather evidence, and then to move forward to the next step, which is to bring charges if that's what they decide to do. And then you have a public process. But they, the, the process just, started incorrectly. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, it's one thing to talk about grand jury, and we as lawyers understand that. But here we're talking about overturning the results of the 2016 election. The whole thing should be open to the American people. If you're going to do that mm -hmm. a year before the election's going to take place, I would say that it, it lends itself toward an extra transparent process than one that so is secret. You, I, want, I want to go yeah, back to my sure. question. I'll let you, I'll let mm -hmm. you take, tackle this about the conduct of Adam Schiff. When you heard at the opening of the hearing when you heard Adam Schiff uh, parody mm -hmm. a conversation, mm -hmm. as opposed to reading from the transcript, which mm -hmm. was available, how did you feel about that? You're, you're, a, you're a great political uh, manipulator, and I say that in a positive way. I mean, well, I'm also a former you, did, attorney. I know. And did you cr did you cringe when you heard that? You Say, why it, are we doing I this? I viewed it like an opening argument, just like you have a, an attorney in front of a, a you know bunch of jurors making his opening argument. I see that he was trying to frame the proceedings. Was it the best way to do it? You know, I probably wouldn't have done it that way, but it doesn't taint the proceedings. Should and he have, should he have should he have acknowledged that he had spoken to the whistleblower yes. instead of yes. denying that he had spoken? He didn't to the deny whistleblower. that he spoke to the whistleblower. What he pointed out, and what is absolutely correct, is that the whistleblower filed the complaint of their own accord, and the whistleblower's identity. You know, we're going to speak about the piece trying to out him yeah. in a little bit. Um, the whistleblower's identity at this point is completely irrelevant. Every single fact in his complaint it is has always been corroborated irrelevant. by President Trump's own appointees, by his deputy secretary of state, by his ambassador to the EU. These are people who went into that proceeding and testified facts that actually but were we don't in know that. to those Wait of the complaint. We don't know that. And going back to why that first phase of the inquiry, right. first of all, there was always going to be public phase of the inquiry. And that resolution that Speaker Pelosi was working on has been in the works for a long time. It wasn't in response to the stunt by the Republicans to storm the skiff. 
Now, the fact that of the matter is that that type of grand jury proceeding was necessary in the beginning because what we don't want is these individuals going and fixing their stories beforehand, seeing one person's testimony on TV and then making their story fit. This preserves the integrity of their statements, and G those statements okay. are going to be released this week. So <laughs> all of those okay. statements that were made will actually be made public. Okay, that's what's interesting. These statements have been leaked Specific, specific things have been linked. The Wait a minute. Themselves. Okay, these these statements. So we have no idea of the questioning. We only know the statements. We have no idea of what the response to questions. We have no idea what was well, said you're in get there. Them this week. Well, well, you know, it's about time. But the whole process is flawed from the beginnings. That means the the outcome of regardless is illegitimate. It's an illegitimate process from the beginning. It should have never started this way. And you know it. And you guys got forced into taking the vote because I no, think even Nancy if there Pelosi were did not want to go down one, this road. You're telling me that Pelosi you, as such a staunch supporter of this administration would be perfectly fine with impeachment inquiries if the Republicans were able to ask all of the questions in public in front of Fox News from day one? You would be in support? Come there's on. No, first of all, there's no impeachable offense. There's no crime. There's no impeachable offense. There's nothing here. I'd say and bribery and extortion bribery, are Yes, bribery would be like in uh, Joe Biden offering a billion dollars or taking it away if you don't change out the prosecutor. That's that's actually bribery. Uh, 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 Randall, a, a couple of things. Way, you, you, you didn't answer my question, so let me ask you again, and then you go to your point. Uh, did did you cringe when you heard? I, I, I uh, did because okay, even though I, th I did, even good. though I thought it was implied that it was parody, right. I thought it was ill-timed and misused, good. and I did Thank not you. think that it was a successful path for him to take. Right. Absolutely. Um, a couple of points. First on process, if there was a flaw in the beginning of the process, I would ask these questions. When the whistleblower complaint was forwarded to the Justice Department and the Justice Department decided it should not be immediately sent to Congress as the statutes provide, I think that was a flaw in the process. And when the intelligence agencies made a criminal referral of the basis of the complaint to the Justice Department and that did not immediately trigger consideration of special counsel regulations to say the Justice Department should not be involved in making a determination about whether this should be a criminal investigation or not, that was a flaw in the beginning of the process. Because that left nobody to independently look at these allegations to determine whether there was any merit. And to say that there was no crime committed, we don't know that because there needs to be a sufficient investigation. There are campaign violations for soliciting foreign influence in a domestic election. So there, there was, was no, no crime committed. There were, the Ukrainians didn't even know that aid was That's not true. under consideration. That's not true. Every single article Please do not interrupt me. I'm sorry, but I Excuse can't me. let you mislead the Then I'm going to start interrupting you Please when do. you when you are going off on your Please do, because the last thing I want to do is misinform Bruce's viewers and Bruce's listeners oh. with things that are not factual. But that is actually, actually true. true. It is actually is true. The true. Ukrainians were unaware it was all over that the news that the was being held up. Been, Number one, okay. the aid was actually given to them. Oh, so because Number you two, failed to complete the crime? He, it's not a crime? There was no crime to begin with. But what we're dealing with is the fruit of a poisonous tree. This thing was it was wrong from the start. And you know as a lawyer that that is a, a, a serious problem. Everything that flows from this, this whistleblower Instead of if he had such a problem with this, with what went on in this call, he could have gone to the Justice Department first. Instead, he went to Adam Schiff. Schiff. And so right. that lends itself. I, I mean, that, that would lead me to be suspicious from the start. 
absolutely. Now there right. is. 100%. By the way, we should mention that. And he violated rules in doing so. He was not to go to the uh, shifts intelligence committee um, staffers. He was not to do that. He was supposed to report to the Justice Department. He didn't do that. Fully, we fully know that shifts staffers were involved, and we think, and what, what we need to know actually, and what we need, we need this whistleblower. What? Why? By the way. So Adam Schiff, first of all, wants the whistleblower to testify, and now he doesn't want the whistleblower to testify. What's with that? We want to know who this guy is. We want him on the stand. We want to find out who he talked to uh, amongst Schiff's staff prior to filing his whistleblower complaint. We want to know that. We want to know if they had a hand in drafting it as well. There's a lot of unanswered well, questions. By the way, this, this gets to... Uh this gets to a point. We're going to do it in the next segment, but I mean, there, 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 there is a report, Real Clear Investigations, which is uh, run by Real Clear Politics. Uh, Tom Bevan is uh, the head of that, and that's in uh, that's a, a Chicago-based uh, organization, and uh, they're well respected within the political community, and uh, they have identified who the whistleblower is. We're going to talk about it in the next segment. We're going to talk about the pluses and minuses of releasing the information, and also find out. Why just one organization is mentioning this? There's a lot of people inside the Beltway that are not releasing, or releasing these names, and I want to discuss it. You used to be in the in the Justice Department Public Information Office. I want to talk about the pluses and minuses of it. But again, it's going to take more than the 30 seconds we have in this segment. So I'll tease it that we're gonna we're going to talk about it in the next segment. And also, I want to hear I want to hear more from you about the process. And you have some things to report on other aspects of the Justice Department uh, insofar as the, invest- the John Durham investigation into the origins. You've got some interesting things to add to that, Randall, and we will hear from it all when we roll on. 1-800-723-8029 from coast to coast and border to border around the world. On BeyondTheBeltway.com, I'm Bruce Dumont. dads, brothers, partners, friends, and our sons. Time for more conversations, more catch-ups, more of what life's all about. Now is our time to make it happen. Together, we can stop men dying too young by tackling the big issues. Prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health, suicide. It's time to act. Sign up or donate at Movember.com to help change the face of men's health. Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives like physical therapy to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. Back in Chicago, we'll go to calls in just a moment, but let's let our four guests now introduce themselves, and we will begin with Georgia Logothides. Hi, I'm Georgia. I have been working in law, politics, and policy for over 15 years. Um, I have an expertise in foreign policy as well as uh, government reform issues. Jeannie Ives. 
Hi, I'm Jeannie Ives. I'm a former state representative here in the state of Illinois, and I am currently running for Congress in the Illinois 6th Congressional District. Randall Sanborn. Hi, I'm Randall Sanborn. I'm a lawyer, and I do private communications consulting, and previously I was the spokesman for the U.S. Attorney's Office in Chicago for 20 years, and before that, a legal affairs journalist. And you were involved in the Valerie Plame? Scooter Libby case, yes. Scooter, Scooter Libby case, yes. okay. Also, uh, Josh Cantrow. Hi, I'm Josh Cantro. I'm a cybersecurity and privacy lawyer, and I'm a Republican and pro-Israel strategist and activist. And those are our guests. We'll go to calls in a moment. At the beginning of this program, really for 39 years now, we've always used the term rumor innuendo. And uh, <laughs> this sort of touches on that, although this is something that has been published. And that is the identity of the whistleblower, which no one has really uh, put forward yet last week. Uh, Real Clear Investigations, which is a division of Real Clear Politics, they released a story. Their uh, reporter, uh, Paul Sperry, came out with a report that identified uh, the whistleblower as Eric Charlemella. And Mr. Charlemella, uh, according to this reporting, uh, once uh, these all, this information has come from a variety of sources that uh, Mr. Sperry has worked on, and he has originally was described as a CIA analyst who at one point uh, was detailed to the White House and is now working for the CIA. Uh, that is That was how he was identified initially, and all of that appears to be true based on this uh, reporting. Uh, the anonymous witness uh, uh, could, uh, the Democrats obviously want to keep a lid on this. They don't want his identity to be known. It was blocked by House Republicans, and it is to be redacted from any testimony that is released to the public. Uh, this is from Real Clear Investigations. They say that in disclosing the name because of the public's interest in learning details of an effort to remove a sitting president from office. Further, the official's status as a whistleblower is complicated by his being a hearsay reporter of accusations against the president, one who has some uh, uh, some uh, uh, ind- indicate of an arguable uh, political bias in favor of a rival political candidate as the intelligence community inspector general faced it during uh, circumstantially in originally fielding the complaint. Again, this is the whistleblower that went uh, to the uh, to the IG's office uh, that looks into the uh, communications and, and activities of the White House. And this, the whistleblower, uh, had that comment made about him, allegedly, according to the story. Federal documents, the, uh, Mr., uh, the, the Mr. Caramella is 33 years old. He is a registered Democrat held over from the Obama White House. He previously worked for former Vice President Joe Biden and former CIA Director John Brennan, who was, of course, one of the leading vocal critics of Donald Trump. Uh, he, uh, he left the White House in 2017, where he was assigned uh, with the security staff there, the, the national security staff, and he is now works back at the CIA in Langley, Virginia. Now, no one has confirmed this, and I want to also share with you that when I read this story early last week or midnight last week, I reached out uh, to Mr. Sperry to see if he would be able to be on this program tonight to explain further this sort of bombshell report that he released. Because when I read it, I said, okay, this is going to be all over the news today and tonight. It wasn't all over the news. 
It wasn't even all over Fox News. Sean Hannity on his radio show on Friday alluded to this story, not by name. He alluded that the whistleblower was known. And then uh, I reached out because I wanted him to be on the program to explain his findings and his investigation with everyone listening to be on the Beltway tonight. I called him or emailed him twice. He declined both opportunities. He didn't respond to either of my emails. So he doesn't necessarily want to talk about this story now with a national audience. Now, again, that makes me a little suspect as to why someone that apparently has maybe a, a tiger by the tail doesn't want to talk about his own big story, but I'm sharing that with you as a fact in this, in this situation. So he has been named. I just named him right now, Eric Cheramella. Uh, and again, he has ties with Joe Biden and John Brennan, and he is with the CIA. So let me ask you, you were last evening with uh, Sean Hannity, uh, Jeannie, and you said that uh, this conversation came up from Sean directly last night? Well, he was in Chicago for Freedom Fest, which is sponsored by AM560. WIND had a bunch of their... Um their uh, stars. stars in. And uh, he had a 90-minute talk, and it was largely about impeachment because Sean Hannity has been a leader in, in basically going backwards and forwards and bringing out the timeline and every entity, every part of this investigation. And he simply mentioned, you know, about this whistleblower now being somewhat known, or we think we know who he, are, he is, and he essentially just recited the facts that you did off of the re Real Clear Investigation But did, did he, he name did the name? He did not add anything. Did he name um, the name? I thought he did name the name, and my recollection is that he did say the name. Okay. So. A reaction. Well, well, let, well, let me go to, to uh, Randall Sanborn, who has worked for the Justice Department for over 20 years and has dealt with sensitive issues. Uh, does, does the, do the American people have a right to know the name of the whistleblower? Not at this time. I'm very concerned, Bruce, by efforts to undermine the protections that are afforded to this whistleblower by whoever he or she may be by disclosing his or her identity. And I have no idea of the truth or veracity of this report, but uh, as a uh, you know, longtime veteran of the Justice Department and a, a career federal employee, um, it, the fact that an individual may have worked across different uh, party administrations and may have been assigned to work at a Democratic White House and now is being uh, brought into a Republican White House. These partisan concerns for career federal employees and the intelligence community, the Justice Department, do not apply in a partisan sense. And we have to be able to have career civil servants who work across administrations in these agencies who have these protections and do not engage in partisan politics. And I, I have no indication to know whether or not this individual has engaged in any partisan politics. If and I, I know the, there are reports today saying the whistleblower's attorney has offered to answer questions under oath by Republican lawmakers. That may be a step toward trying to answer some questions that Republicans have. But there has to be an incremental process to allow this whistleblower's uh, information to be uh, investigated and used without necessarily undermining the protections and leading to God knows what kind of attacks against the individual. In this, in this particular case, uh, the whistleblower was 
quoting other people, correct? Yeah. and, and he, I, he did not hear this firsthand. Mm -hmm. He didn't. And I just want to underscore again how important it is to be able to have those whistleblower protections working across uh, Republican and Democratic administration. There's nothing in the whistleblower statute that says that you only have a right to be a whistleblower if you happen to have the same party affiliation as the man in power. Okay. Right? But what I do want to emphasize is that what we haven't been talking about is the names of all of those people who have been parading under, um, in front of all of these committees that have been releasing their opening statements that say that I was on that call. For example, there was a decorated war hero and a member of the National Security Council, Alexander Vindham. We haven't mentioned his name. He was actually on the call, and he testified how absolutely disturbed he was and how he notified his superiors as well. So we have this one whistleblower that felt that he needed to be protected and filed a whistleblower complaint through the proper channels. But we also have all of these other not. career officials who have gone public, who are decorated career civil servants, and who have sounded the alarm, and we need to talk about their testimony as well because okay. every time that you but say there was, but there that was, this whistleblower had... There was, there was one, the one, one uh, who gave testimony last week, didn't get a lot of publicity, but he said, allegedly, in the hearing, he said he, did, he, he didn't believe anything illegal had happened. So he was extraordinarily careful and legalistic yes, he was. About, about the way that he couched his terms. he had just terms. resigned yeah. from the, from Morrison. the government. Bruce, if I could just say something, we're talking yes. about this testimony like it is out in open court and that we know everything that's happened. We've heard selective leaks that have come from Adam Schiff's secret committee, which is being held in a dungeon in, on Capitol Hill. We have not heard the cross-examination by the Republican uh, Congress, mm -hmm. members of Congress. We've heard bits and snippets of opening statements. We don't know how credible any of these witnesses are. Do That's one of the complaints do you believe, I, I, want, I want to ask my Republicans, okay? Obviously, there are, there are political uh, footprints uh, involved with Mr. Caramella, okay? We talked about Joe Biden. We talked about uh, uh, John Brennan. Can someone be, as, as, as Randall suggested, can someone be of a different party, obviously good enough to be asked to work at the Trump White House in national security matters, close to the President of the United States, can, you, um, can someone be in that position, see something that he thinks is absolutely horrible unconstitutional and just wrong or illegal, can he go and become a whistleblower even though his background has something related to Joe Biden or to John Brennan? Could he still be a good American even though a lot of partisans will quickly jump to that connection? He can still be a whistleblower, and of course we have a whistleblower statute, and I have all the respect in the world for that statute. But when you're trying to overturn the results of an election 12 months before we have another election, we ought to at least learn a little bit about this whistleblower. Okay. Okay, really quickly Ten here. Ten seconds. Okay, honestly, so under Randall's suggestion here, you could not have fired Peter Strzok and Lisa Page because they were not partisan at all, and they were just good civil servants. I mean, that is okay. ridiculous. Okay, we've got that a pause. We'll be back idea. with phone calls when we come back. I, I wasn't Experience the pure holiday magic of Goodman Theatre's A Christmas Carol. For over four decades, the heartwarming story of Scrooge's discovery of kindness and empathy has enchanted more than a million theatergoers of all ages. The Chicago Tribune calls it a beloved holiday tradition that tugs at all the right heartstrings. 
Performances run November 16th through December 29th only. Get tickets for A Christmas Carol today at goodmantheater.org. When someone hears the words, you have cancer, it's one of the darkest moments in their life. Light the Night brings light to the darkness of cancer by uniting survivors, patients, and supporters in the cause to end cancer. We form a community of hope, raising funds in support of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. The discoveries made by LLS-supported research have led to breakthrough treatments for many cancers and other serious diseases. When we walk, cancer runs. Join the movement to end cancer today. Visit us at lightthenight.org. Back in Chicago, we're going to go to calls in just a moment. But, Randall, you wanted to make a point, and I wanted to give you that opportunity. Well, well, Bruce, the question I have is if this call that we still don't know an exact verbatim transcript of, we just have we have some missing gaps and ellipses, if it was so perfect as the president claims, then why is the administration working so hard to prevent additional witnesses from giving their information to the Intelligence Committee? And why are we not able to get to the bottom of why this call was handled uh, the way it was and placing it on the secret uh, servers and and not being more forthcoming with all of the details of the call, which we still don't have. Jeannie. Well, I think that we know why it wasn't put on secret servers. I think it's because, obviously, there had been leaks prior to this of his calls and his, his, his conversations with other foreign leaders, and he didn't want it to happen again. So they put a higher security level. I think not just on this call, but all of this one. Well, because you don't want your calls with foreign leaders leaked, and that had been happening repeatedly. He had holdovers from the Democrat music. Administration well, before that. that said, those servers are only supposed to contain classified information. What was classified? Well, there was nothing classified except that so. he wanted it. He wanted it secret. There, look, we have the transcript. We know exactly what was said on the call. We, no, and there's no we don't. That's just not totally accurate. We don't have a verbatim transcript. We know that there have been witness testimony this week that have said that Biden's names, Hunter and Joe, were mentioned, that Burisma was mentioned, but neither of them so are all the, the transcripts. Uh, everybody House. who wrote that transcript, and I think there's multiple people that write up the transcripts, so all of them left out significant portions of we, the call. We know that Vindman apparently testified that he wanted to add to the transcript and was unable to do I, so. I would just object to our continuing to talk about Vindman's testimony like we know what he said because we don't. It was mm-hmm. secret. And he we have selective opening statement, we, though. Yeah, so that's not but, secret. But we that's know, we his know own as words. lawyers what opening statements are, and then you go in and you cross examine that opening statement. So I'm not really impressed yeah. with the opening statement. But I, I will say this we know that the Ukrainians said they didn't feel pressured. We know that the Ukrainians got the aid. And so to me, we know what we need to know. But we also but, do but, know but, the but Ukrainians realistically, felt pressured the, the with president Biden. of Ukraine isn't going to complain against the president of the United States because he's looking for more money. He complained why that would, the transcript was released. So he, he's he's demonstrated an ability to complain Here. about certain things. Here's where we know that the, the Ukraine's he's getting too much were, money to be. Uh, uh, well, I, I, I tend to agree with you on that one. Yeah. What else is he going to say? He's got to work yeah, with President Trump, he and, he think, and Trump's going to win in 2020, so he's got to work with him for yeah. four more years. Right. But we do know who was pressured. It was the previous Ukrainian president because he fired the special prosecutor. Yeah. Should have. When Biden, uh, when, should so have Biden says, you got six hours, dude. Otherwise, we're not. you're not getting the billion yeah, dollars. So oh, by the way, great. Yeah, wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. This is my tax money. This is 
my tax money. It's your tax money. It's the taxpayers' money. This is not something that Biden should be, you know, go ahead and throw it out there. Six hours, dude. You either fire that prosecutor that's looking under Burisma, which my son is sitting on the board of, or you're not going to get so a I've billion been dollars in foreign policy for that's almost outrageous. a decade. And I yep. think it's outrageous. it's really interesting to see that people who are new to the foreign policy sphere um, don't really appreciate that that's how these kind of foreign policy deals get made, where you do use leverage. It's called leverage and it's used in foreign policy. The question that we have, though, is whether that leverage is used for personal political reasons. Countries and nations, when they negotiate between themselves, constantly put up leverage. I'll only give you the money if you do X, Y, and Z. And what Vice President Biden was saying at that time was he wasn't alone. All of the world leaders, especially the ones and in the European Union, were pointing out that this okay. prosecutor was incredibly corrupt. And, and so it wasn't just a Trump personal was interest. It was not a personal interest. But what Trump is doing is certainly not no. the same. No. Trump Absolutely. explicitly wanted an investigation into his political opponents. And the one question that Republicans very often refuse to answer is, just generally speaking, are you comfortable with a president of the United States, any president of the United States, asking a foreign power to investigate his private political opponents. No, but, but yes or no? Wait, wait a minute. My, that's, you're asking the wrong question. No, that's absolutely. No, 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 you, that is, you don't I'm, want to I'm answer sorry. it. No, no, no. That is not that, the right question. It's a, question. Yes, it's a, it's a simple no, question. Yes not. or no? Do you because if you, if that political opponent happens to be the do previous, think, happens to hold a very high position in the previous government, and and actually their their administration uh, spied on his own campaign, and there's possibly possibly it happened through Ukrainian so sources. Basically, no, 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 no. If, if, if you, you be- cannot run, for if you office, believe everything that's on, on Breitbart or what, debunked what, what, what on, on PolitiFact, it's okay. To do Let it. me just say something. Folks, 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 folks. You are folks, screaming at me. We've got to I'm speak one, okay. one at a time. Point. First of all, Jeannie and then sure. Georgia. The, the point is, is that you can't say that I'm running for office now so you can't investigate me when in 2016 I'm looking to find out exactly what was the root so, cause of your spying on 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 American citizens and a, 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 the pre, a presidential campaign. Georgia. Yeah, I mean, Georgia, all, all of those facts can easily be, be, dunk, be debunked by everybody uh, looking on Google. But what I would say, so you would be comfortable, for example, let's say that it is Vice President Biden or uh, let's say it's Elizabeth Warren at the top of the ticket saying, hey, Scotland, I want you to use all of your intelligence surfaces to, to investigate Donald Trump and I want you that to access all of his bank records. That leaves out a key part of the hypothetical And right I want there. you to, to that, investigate that leaves all out of because his financial serv- all of the financial um, Deutsche okay, Bank records. Back, back of you. course not. You guys would have been absolutely go, go furious ahead, about what? it. Josh, Josh. What, what, what Jeannie was saying is exactly right. Donald Trump is the true whistleblower here. He is the one who wants <laughs> on to himself? get to the bottom. On himself by no, confessing? He wants to Wait get to the bottom of the, the shenanigans in 2016, the spying that was done on him by the Biden-Obama administration. Biden's corruption with Ukraine. We've got to pause. I promise we're going to have callers. Uh, The second hour, we're going to, I think we're going to spend all calls because uh, we're loaded up tonight. We will do that. We'll also talk about Elizabeth Warren and her idea uh, for Medicare for all and how it's going to be paid for. Don't go away. Another full hour coming up.
Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. We all want more time with our dads, brothers, partners, friends, and our sons. Time for more conversations, more catch-ups, more of what life's all about. Now is our time to make it happen. Together, we can stop men dying too young by tackling the big issues. Prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health, suicide. It's time to act. Sign up at Movember.com and raise funds to help change the face of men's health. GTG, BRB, OMW, be there in a few. You may think that these kinds of texts are fine because of their length, and you can easily send them at a stoplight. But no, answering one text can take your attention away from the road for five seconds. And traveling at 55 miles an hour, that's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Make good decisions. Don't text and drive. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing. Basically, the doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you, you are going to die. Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life, made possible by an organ donor. You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead. More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. We continue with our number two of Beyond the Beltway, our Republicans tonight. We have Jeannie Ives here. She wants to be a, a representative, U.S. representative. Uh, she's running in the 14th Congressional. Uh, six. Six, I'm sorry, district. And uh, you are running against Sean Caston. Yes, I and am. And you want to retire him after one term. Absolutely. That's your goal. Josh Cantro also is here. He's a leading uh, uh, Republican, very active in the Jewish community, and uh, is... Uh, lost a lot of friends because of your support of Donald Trump. Uh, have you I really sh- lost them? Uh, have you really lost? Have you really? Can you really say you've lost some friends because of it? I, I have lost some friends slash acquaintances, but no, no close friends. Okay. Certainly, that's good. Georgia Logothites joins us. She is with the Daily Cost. You've been with the Daily Cost for what twenty years? Yeah, almost. Yeah. Long time ago. Long time. Started and, uh, out young. Started now I have very, all the gray very hair. And now, and now, and now, you you started this program when you were single. 
Then you got married, and now you have two uh, children, beautiful children. Two kids that keep me busy, for sure. And Randall Sanborn joins us. He, uh, for 20 years, he was with the U.S. Justice Department in the Northern District of Illinois uh, and also has been involved in a lot of cases, including the Valerie Plame case and Scooter Libby. And uh, we have lots of callers on the line. I promise we're going to take all the calls. Let's go to John in Chicago. He's listening on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Go ahead, John. Hey, Bruce, thanks for taking my call. Big fan of the show. So I'm a centrist, and I vote, vote for both sides. Um, I think what is very important to, to think about here is with a very small amount of diligence on Trump's assertion that he was trying to root out corruption in the Ukraine. Yeah. If you take a look at USA.gov and you look where all the money goes, he's really trying to protect the American interest. There's no reason that he's going to investigate CrowdStrike and Burisma. It doesn't make it doesn't pass the common sense test. I root for the president because he's a, he's part of uh, he's he represents the United States. But on the face of it, it makes no sense for you if you were going to protect American interests and dollars. We give five hundred thousand dollars a year to support energy, and Burisma and CrowdStrike have effectively no nexus with all of the dollars that we're spending as Americans. So. It's a self-inflicted wound on, on Trump's part, in my opinion, although I root for the guy. This is a really bad way to go about rooting out corruption in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think that uh, this I'm going to get everybody's reaction. We'll, we'll start with you. Uh, I, I have said over the last couple of months on this program that one of the reasons why the president did what he did, and that is uh, to try to use leverage, which I agree he, he did, to, to find out from Ukraine what, you know, what they had in their files on Burisma and, and Joe Biden was because he does not trust his FBI, he does not trust his CIA, and if he had picked up the phone and, and called either of those two entities, given the track record that he's had with them, given the leaks out of those entities, that, uh, and asked them to, to do it, uh, it would have been a huge story. So he looks at the one entity in the world where there has been some investigation in this, and that's that led him to the Ukraine, uh, Ukraine, and uh, that was really the purpose of, of doing it because he didn't trust his own people. Do you think? Do you, do you agree with uh, with that, uh, John? Yeah, I, I do. I think that that's a certainly a valid point, and that trusting the FBI is very not trusting or not trusting the FBI slash CIA intelligence community is is one thing. I think it's very different to represent that the reason that you were investigating what you were investigating in Ukraine was to guard against corruption. I think it's it, it makes no sense to look at CrowdStrike and Burisma if you're really interested in Ukrainian corruption. Okay. It, it's one thing to investigate the election, but that's that's a different statement than saying I'm trying to look out for well, the American people's interests. Looking okay. after the uh, looking at the election is different from. Ukrainian corruption. Okay. I think he sees maybe one and the same, but go ahead. Uh, Jeannie? Well, just a little comment here. How is what he asked for in terms of cooperation in an investigation about how uh, the entire 2016 spying on, on, again, American citizens and a presidential campaign, how does his calling for an investigation in that differ from forced Democrat senators, including our own Dick Durbin, calling for Ukraine to cooperate with the Mueller investigation or else they are going to, um, you know, come to heads with them in terms of additional aid. How is it any different at all? 
Well, one, one of those is grounded in fact, and one of those is grounded in fiction. Oh, and the first one, yeah, the idea of this, you know, conspiracy ridiculous. against Donald Trump that he was, you know, intentionally spied on to try and undermine the election and make him lose, which he ended up winning anyway. That's conspiracy theory. And that's why it's different from the second one, which is entirely valid foreign policy. It's exactly what happened. It's being exactly. investigated by At the direction John of Durham. the president. No, at it's the, being by the John Durham. Of the president. Who, the president who, wants who, to stick all who, of his attached dogs. What, what John Durham. Wait, 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 John Josh. John Durham is a respected career federal prosecutor. He is leading this investigation at the direction of the president. And I believe that that Randall has great respect for Mr. Sanborn. For Mr. Durham and Mr. He has even greater respect for Mr. Sanborn. Let's go. So. So I, I, I don't know John Durham personally. I'm familiar with work he's done previously to investigate uh, some uh, matters involving the CIA and intelligence community. Um, I, I am interested in knowing more about what he thinks is the predication to open a criminal investigation in this matter. But I am heartened to know that um, in conducting this probe, he has uh, tapped the services of a retired FBI agent that I have worked with in the past, who I have great respect for, but more importantly, who has great respect within the FBI and the intelligence community among people who may be questioned in this investigation. That's Jack Eckenrode. He is the former head of the FBI office in Philadelphia, has been head of the FBI inspection service in Washington, and was involved in the Plame Libby investigation. And I'm heartened to know that Jack's involved because I think he will bring some credibility to the investigation inside the FBI and the CIA. But I am very troubled as well by the fact that we have reached the point where we have a president who, for if he doesn't have faith in the, uh, his, the FBI and the CIA, I think it's because of his own efforts to undermine both of those agencies and to erode the respect for the rule of law in this country. And um, How it, so? It, 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 from the from day is done. And, and, you know, you go back and talk about the origins of the FBI. In 2016, James Comey did more harm in his public pronouncements to Hillary Clinton's chances to be elected and help Donald Trump's by not disclosing that there was an opening of an investigation on Trump's campaign at that time. So, yeah, I, so I, he I, didn't I, disclose I that you, he you was can, spying on Trump's you, campaign. You can use facts that say that he's only, you know, investigated Trump, but that's he certainly in his public pronouncements did more harm to the Clinton campaign. And uh, so we'll see what happens. I also don't know that there's any need to overlap with the Horowitz investigation. Um, we're waiting, presumably, to see the report of the Inspector General of the Justice Department. I have a question then. Will you guys accept that report? Will you accept the Durham and the Horowitz reports? Because everybody said that they would accept the Mueller report. And then even after the Mueller report came out, you still had Democrat congressmen including Sean Caston, asked for impeachment on top of it. It was just not sufficient. I, I we waited agree. almost well, two years. We waited almost two years for the Mueller report, and then it still wasn't enough for Democrats. It's just it's just mind-boggling. Well, I hope Ten that seconds. if you do get elected to Congress that you'll actually read the reports that come out of Congress, like the Mueller report, which found that the president was not absolved of a crime, that he couldn't even look and come to a conclusion that the president committed a crime. We've got a pause, 1-800-723-8289. Thank you, uh, John, for your call. We will take more calls when we roll on from Chicago. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us tonight. Experience the pure holiday magic of Goodman Theatre's A Christmas Carol. 
For over four decades, the heartwarming story of Scrooge's discovery of kindness and empathy has enchanted more than a million theatergoers of all ages. The Chicago Tribune calls it a beloved holiday tradition that tugs at all the right heartstrings. Performances run November 16th through December 29th only. Get tickets for A Christmas Carol today at goodmantheater.org. The economy is not working for everybody, especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's e-verify system to prevent illegal hiring, but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require E-Verify, raise wages, and recruit left-behind Americans? See what voters want at eVerifyWorks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA, because numbers count. Chris Dumont back in Chicago. Let's go to Austin, Texas, where Fred is listening to us on KLBJ. Go ahead, Fred. Keep my thoughts organized. The uh, I, I'm, a, I'm annoyed about the, the whole let's find out who the whistleblower thing is. I thought that whistleblower protection was about you have the head of an agency and he, he's not supposed to know who the whistleblower is. He's not supposed to find out. And even if he finds out, he'd say, well, I don't know. I'm, and, and the subordinates may all know, well, it had to be Charlie, but there it's, it's supposed to be a safe thing to do so that you can, report what is you think is wrong with the government a government agency acting improperly without fear of retribution and wanting to know who he is i thought that was all against the law to talk about that stuff Randall, I agree with you, Fred. I'm very troubled by the attempts to try to unmask the whistleblower's identity. I, I, I don't intimately know the statutes and the procedures, but uh, this was done under a cloak of protection that I think needs to be respected uh, so that in future administrations, in future situations, uh, career employees of any political working under the administration of any political party may feel free to bring forward information to determine whether it's credible or not and warrants investigation. Doesn't it apply? Isn't whistleblowers apply like uh, to reporting something and, and you're a school teacher and you don't like the way the school superintendent's going or whatever government agency it is when you're a whistleblower and you come in and you say, you know, I'm seeing some stuff that just isn't quite right here then, all right, well, we'll investigate it, and you're out of the picture. It's like calling up and, and being on one of those hot tip lines and saying, I think I know who the guy is who shot so-and-so. Your identity is supposed to be protected, and that's what that's all about. And now we're saying, oh, we want to know who the whistleblower is. We're going to get that dude, and that's what it's not supposed to be. Well, just two Jeannie? quick comments. One, why did Schiff want him to be interviewed then? Because that was going to out him to, to begin with. And two... I, I, it's my understanding, and I'm not an expert by any means, but I, I'm familiar with a little bit of it. Um, that whistle, there's different levels of whistleblowing, right? And in some cases, you can get big monetary rewards for whistleblowing, and so that is obviously a more public process mm -hmm. when that happens. So I, you know, I don't know what specifically this guy, you know, what his statute was that he operated under, but there are different levels of whistleblowing. And, and I don't so know if, if he does it if and he gets financial gains. 
shouldn't he be in trouble for getting financial gain for doing a whistleblower thing? No, I'm not saying in this instance that he would. I'm saying in other cases when you find financial fraud you and you blow the whistle, then you reap some of the monetary uh, savings. Sure, let me ask you particular to the intelligence community right, where there exactly. are protections that are meant to guarantee anonymity of this individual, I believe. Probably. Sir, sure, let me ask you this question. Uh, because we we did a segment on it uh, in the last hour, do you do you have any? You obviously don't have any interest in knowing who this person is, but isn't isn't an issue in any whistleblower what their politics might be? If someone is matter, huh? You I think even if he comes up with a totally bogus whistleblower thing, that okay. Idiot, what'd you go and do that for? We investigate it, we find out what it is, and it's a, it's private. And if, even if he goes running to Adam Schiff first instead of going to the prosecutors or to the U.S. attorney or somebody like that, you think that that doesn't think, matter here? I would think the honorable representative from whatever Adam Schiff's district is would say, you know, this is a whistleblower thing. You shouldn't be talking to me. Josh, that's not what happened, though. Maybe, maybe he was concerned that the Bar Justice Department wouldn't act appropriately or seriously, which might have been a motivation to have to go directly to Congress. William I mean, Barr it seems has like been the unfairly are okay with cast, Josh, William Barr has been unfairly cast the guy. I'm sorry, unfairly criticized by Democrats and the media for too long. This is a man who served honorably and the first Bush administration, and there's not a blemish on his record. So I don't well, understand the concern indeed, with going to, to William Barr. Indeed, I think that was true up to the point where he usurped Mueller's uh, public relations narrative and seized control of the uh, Mueller report narrative before it, the report became public and said things that put a spin and gloss on it that we later saw were not justified. Except that didn't happen. The American people were clamoring for a summary of that report. The report couldn't be released as Mueller released it to Attorney General Barr because it contained classified information. So he did his best to put together a summary, which summary was accurate. It was a very short summary. And, of course, what what was his motivation to lie in a summary when he He knew that the report was going to be released anyway? Because it took a month afterward Mm -hmm. to do that, and by that time the public narrative was baked. And when the Mueller report came out, because of Mueller's failure, I think, to take control of his own narrative and to be a, a willing uh, a failure in Congress instead of a, a, a willing uh, a witness. He was a, an unwilling witness. He was befuddled. And, he was and, befuddled. He had no and, idea. And by that point, Barr knew that he would have that month's time to bake in the narrative and people would move on and, and didn't, also, wouldn't read it, especially to know that it had 10 examples and instances of obstruction of well, justice and what was, that merited what was it, why further the, action. Why, why, well, also, why was there such a rush? Why was there such a rush? Uh, by the media, primarily, and by, by Democrats, why was there such a rush to get that news out, to get the summary out? Because they've wanted to get Trump since the day he won the election. No, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm talking about Barr. Why didn't Barr say, we're going to look at this, it's going to take us a month to do it, because if he would have said that it was going to take too long, people would have said he needs the time to recreate it. Mm-hmm. That's yes. exactly right. He, he would have thought he, he was cooking he, but, the books. But he, re- he released mm-hmm. it on his own. Nobody was 
he did that on his own. Bruce, if, if I may real quick just go back to a point that the caller made. Um, I think the analogy to an anonymous tip is really, really useful for your listeners and the people viewing us online when they think about this whistleblower process. Because we're going to hear a lot in the next few weeks, especially in light of the article, the Real Clear Investigations article you mentioned, about trying to out the whistleblower. And I want people at home to think about this. If you saw misconduct at your place of work, egregious misconduct, or at least conduct that you believe to be egregious, um, and you filed a complaint, whether it was I see sexual harassment or I see financial misconduct. Mm-hmm. What would you want your name out in the open? Would you want the apparatus of the employer to come after you and investigate your personal political affiliations? How many times you voted? Where you voted? Political donations? Where you live? Your bank records? Do you have financial stuff left and right? Or would you want them to just investigate the substance of the complaint? I think what I would say is that if I was a whistleblower, I think being a whistleblower is a courageous act, mm-hmm. regardless of you know, who it, who it does, okay? A courageous act means that at some point you got to face your the person you're accusing. If not, you're hiding all by yourself. Nobody knows who you are. You can basically say anything you want. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be cross-examined. And by the way, uh, you, you have besmirched the reputation of someone else. Well, it's not, it's, it's not when you hide behind that, you you can you you you're, you're a victim of guilt by association. Everything else that can happen if one if one side of the story is hidden and the other one happens to be the president of the United States, you can say anything about the president of the United States. And but I think in this instance, and forty and fifty one percent of the people mm-hmm. may 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 believe no matter what you in, say about in Donald Trump. In this instance, Trump. we will hear from people who have firsthand knowledge of the situation, who either will corroborate or be cross examined on the key facts. I hope so. But going back to the whistle, that's why the process, as you mentioned, this whistleblower statute is specific to the intelligence community, and there are very specific secure channels. That's why it goes to the DOJ to to these types of. People people to keep that information secret, but okay. they do investigate it so that it's not just one-sided. Okay, Jeannie? I think we just need to move on. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to, uh, let's go to Bonnie, Northwest Indiana. Go ahead, you're on the air. Oh, I have a lot of comments. There's just very general general comments. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, I really find it, um, and you know, in, in Indiana, we're a little more skeptical of stuff. Um, we don't just buy into everything we hear. And, and I was always very suspicious that they changed the whistleblower rules so that the person doesn't even have to have any firsthand knowledge of anything. I mean, that's, I think, all you lawyers there, I mean, that's called hearsay, and that's not even acceptable in most courts. That's a great point. Um, also, also, um, you know, I think that there was a, um, a treaty between Clinton and the Ukraine that was signed in uh, 1992 whereby, you know, they can discuss uh, intelligence activities between them. And I believe that maybe Trump was questioning about what happened during the 2016 election, because remember, that's what they're trying to get to the bottom of, not necessarily 2020. And you know what? Um, Nobody complained, you know, when Mueller went overseas to inquire about things. So, you know, I would say that, and I'm going to make a comment to Georgia, and I'm going to make a comment to the other Democrat. Georgia, Randall. everybody knows that the Democrats decided to impeach this president the day after the election, and they've never acted in good faith because that was 
their plan, and they have been moving forward with that ever since, so they don't act in good faith. And for the other Democrat that's on the committee, the person who's worked in the intelligence, you know, no, the president has not gone after the FBI and the CIA. He has often said that these people are good people, the rank and file are hardworking, loyal, patriotic Americans, but there were some dirtbags at the top, and that's why we have criminal pro- criminal investigations going on, and that's the comments I'd like to make. Amen. Okay. Randall, a quick 10 seconds to you. Um, a pass, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> dirtbags in the FBI and CIA. Uh, and by the way, that 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 is not help. That perception of thinking of the CIA uh, in a in a very positive way, it's not helped when the former head of the CIA goes on and becomes a national paid uh, analyst for NBC, and all he does is is uh, trash the president. That doesn't yep. help the relationship at all. Back shortly. We all want more time with our dads, brothers, partners, friends, and our sons. Time for more conversations, more catch-ups, more of what life's all about. Now is our time to make it happen. Together, we can stop men dying too young by tackling the big issues. Prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health, suicide. It's time to act. Sign up or donate at Movember.com to help change the face of men's health. Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives like physical therapy to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. We continue. We go to line three where Edward is listening to us on uh, WCGL 1590 AM, which is our flagship station. Go ahead, Edward. Yeah, good evening, everybody. Um, I was just watching uh, 60 Minutes, and they were talking about uh, Marina Botina. Mm -hmm. Does you and the panel think there's any kind of connection of of her possibly trying to get really deep? Uh, Because she was praising the fact that... uh, uh, John Pol- Bolton was going to be in the Trump administration. She even asked uh, the presidential candidate, well, what do you think about lifting the uh, sanctions? So do you see any connection there? Georgia? Her and- yeah, I mean, I didn't, obviously, so, we don't see so 60 she's Minutes. She's a but. very interesting character in the saga. So she, for those that don't know, had certain connections with the NRA, certain connections with trying to bring their influence overseas, and then the NRA in turn did, you know, obviously favors for Trump during the election. So her role in generally trying to influence American politics is still very unclear. Um, that being said, I know that um, there's a lot of questions about whether or not she was an agent, uh, whether or not she was trying to, on behalf of a foreign government, right. officially do it. She was claiming that everything was unofficial. Um, so, yeah, she's just a very interesting character. Yeah. What was your assessment, Edward? Um. Well, I wish, uh, I'm hoping that the FBI is going to be able to get more, investigate this more, uh, because uh, she was uh, getting orders from this uh, Torsion guy, Alex Torsion. Yeah. He's something, uh, 
I have it on here. Um, Sir, I don't think we have enough time really to get yeah. into the specifics. I think you brought Deputy up a big but If people want to watch Central the uh, 60 Minutes, they can go to YouTube and watch 60 Minutes. I think we would all be able to talk a little more intelligently about it had we seen the program you referenced. Thanks very much. Thank Let's very go much. to Brian on line four. He's calling from Roselle, Illinois. She's all. He also is listening to us. Uh, actually, he's listening to us on YouTube tonight. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, enjoy watching the video also. Thank you. Uh, some points I'd like to make. You know, I find it really disgusting how political operatives and partisans bank on the historical ignorance and short memory of the American public. Uh, you know, we, I heard a lot of hooting and hollering by the Trumpkins about how it's so unfair the way Congress is conducting this investigation, when in reality it's the same tactics that Trey Gowdy used to investigate Hillary Clinton. And, you know, truth be told... I was very glad to see Trump beat Clinton, because the Clintons are scummy, and I have never been a fan of the Clintons. And both parties are infested with self-serving criminals. And then uh, another point I'd like to make was uh, Jeannie was making a statement how the FBI was spying on the Trump campaign. You know, oh, my God, how could this have happened? Well, let's see. Uh, Trump's finance, uh, campaign chairman's in prison right now for tax fraud, isn't he? Paul Manafort? Where's Paul Manafort right now? Uh, where's General Flynn? You know, it's amazing how, you know, all these people around Trump are always in trouble and quasi-criminals and getting convicted or in some type of hot water, but yet Donald's always innocent. It's, it's, it's amazing how <laughs> Donald just keeps getting persecuted and, and he gets surrounding himself by all these shady characters, but yet he's just innocent and constantly persecuted. All right, let's let, let, let's let Josh respond. Yeah, Brian, if I could respond to a couple of your points, and thank you for them. Um, Manafort is really in prison for things that happened way before he joined Donald Trump's campaign, so it doesn't have anything to do with Trump. I think Flynn is about to get exonerated. That's going to be interesting to watch. As far as Benghazi, good points you make, but I would I would say that the difference is Benghazi – dealt with a specific situation, and it didn't have to do with impeachment in attempting to remove a sitting president from office. The light should shine on an effort to remove and overturn an election. That is different than Benghazi. Well, can I make another point? Sure. The Senate will make the ultimate determination. See, the Republicans are just afraid that Donald's dirty laundry will be exposed. All they have is process arguments and shoot the messenger, shoot the messenger. It, you know, it's junior high tactics is what it is. And it works in American politics, unfortunately. And uh, I recall Donald saying that uh, Paul Manafort was a good guy and he got a raw deal, even though he's convicted of tax evasion. I guess that in Donald's book, you know, that's a great person. And uh, I felt that Trump should, been, should have been impeached after his Helsinki press conference where he stood next to Putin and said he would take his word over the American intelligence agencies. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, you people are pathetic. Trumpkin world, you guys are going to be ashamed of yourself in 20 years. Have a good night. Okay. Jeannie, well, comment? I mean, he, he got off. He got off. Apparently he didn't want to hear a response to that. He but left, honestly, He left the air. I mean, wasn't it um, Obama who leaned over and said, I'll have more flexibility after the uh, election to Medvedev, Medvedev, whatever his name is. Sorry, yes. screwing that one up. Yeah, he, but I mean, he it, that's what happened here. Look, everybody wants a fair process. We all agree we want a fair process. Um, 
the much of the Benghazi hearings were in the light of the public. And so, you know, and actually, I'm not worried about it. If this goes to the Senate and they actually do a full blown um, hearing on everything and people can subpoena whoever they want, I think it's the Democrats that should be more concerned. In fact, I wouldn't be I mean, Nancy Pelosi has no choice. She has to go through with impeachment now. However, I think she's a little bit nervous. But again, with all with all this stuff, I I agree with you that at this moment, it does not look like the Republicans in the Senate uh, could vote uh, against uh, the president. But we never know. We never know what other evidence might come out. There could be pressure. The polls could be growing at 49 percent. According even in the Fox poll, 49 percent think that the president should be impeached and removed. That's now in a Fox poll. So. If 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 after six or three or six months of 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 hearings, if the members of the Senate see things differently and they start getting pressure from back home, you know, this this slam dunk that he's going to beat the rap, I think I think is I I, I question that. It's a good point, Bruce. Mm -hmm. But, Josh, let's also be honest that the Benghazi hearing was as much political theater as anything we're seeing now. It was not to determine what happened to Benghazi. It was to tarnish Hillary Clinton and to do that for as long as possible prior to the 2016 Yeah, because she let four guys die. She let four guys die by the chairman. It was explicit. Randall, isn't that where we are now? now? The impeachment is all about to to dirty up Donald Trump if he, for half the country thinks he's dirty enough no, already. I, Impeachment I disagree with is that, Bruce, because dirty up. the political process. The difference here is she let four people here, die with no support. The difference is that, is that the process is merited if the Congress of the United States is going to be an equal branch of government to check the abuse of power by chief. Yeah, so executive. I, I, I just want to push back him, a little bit because, because I mean, ahead. look, Georgia. The, the facts are this. The American electorate is so extraordinarily polarized. You see voting enthusiasm at record high numbers on both sides of the aisle. Republicans are so excited to go out and reelect Donald Trump. Democrats are were so excited to go out and, and defeat him at the ballot box. So Democrats didn't need impeachment for a political, like, jazzing up their base. They didn't need impeachment. And, and I think you've seen that from Speaker Pelosi, from Chairman Schiff, saying this is an American tragedy. We don't want impeachment. We don't want an American president that does not follow the rule of law and thinks that he is above the law. But the Democrats don't need impeachment to take on Donald Trump. No, but what, what I'm saying, though, is that the people that are out there who feel that this election is being stolen from them, the decision on this election, I mean, the last election, is being stolen and turned over by this political process. If you think that Republicans are angry now, I believe that if, if, if Donald Trump were to be removed from office, I agree with some people, I would worry about the safety. I would worry about the personal safety of what's going on because the, the people will be going to the polls. I mean, there, so there, could, I, be, Bruce, there could be violence. And I know I I'm not an umpire. Really I'm not supposed question. to say that. So, but I'm saying is I, I think we're missing the point as to how pissed off, I'll use that yeah. term, the Republicans or the Trump people who voted for Trump mm -hmm. will be if Trump is forced out of office by his own. So conduct, I want to. I, I, I agree with but, that. But what I want to what I, I want to explore is 
it's really interesting, right? The Constitution doesn't put any type of time limitations on impeachment. It doesn't right. say that you can't impeach in an election year. And I think right. we went through this as a country with Merrick Garland when he was nominated for the Supreme Court. <sighs> and um, McConnell said, well, I can't do it in an election year. But I just think it's interesting because wh- where do we draw the line? And I think the answer is that the Constitution draws the line for us. That it says that if conduct is found to be impeachable, then it is the duty of the House to impeach and the Senate to convict Regardless of here's, the here's one. Can I say oh, one I want to make up shows the floor, but, but, Josh. I, I do want to make a point about this, is that and it goes back to your point about things can come out, and, of course, we don't know. We can't predict. Uh, right. I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I'm actually looking forward to this getting to the Senate because when it gets to the Senate, Trump can actually mount a defense, and he's going to have a chamber that is majority Republican. And we're going to find out things not just through subpoenaed witnesses, but through history professors and experts about how presidents have used and have used their wide latitude to, to exercise foreign policy. And we're going to find out that other presidents have done very similar things to this in the past in terms of withholding aid. A president can do that. That is absolutely legal. Can we? Can I ask, just add a couple things? One, first of all, on that same um, idea, if, if we all are about transparency on phone calls, then can we look at all of Obama's phone calls to Russia and China to and Ukraine? The relevance is exactly what Josh brought out. There's a historical precedence here about phone calls and them being private or, or open or how they conduct foreign policy. Well, then let's go ahead and look at the rest of them. But on the second point, here we sit in our little political theater here, and there are Americans out there that don't really care. I they think, care no way, one way or another about impeachment. The, they want right. health care reform. They want college affordability. They want the border secured. They are. They want I, I, a lot of those jobs. jobs. They, they like that that the and we sit here and we don't. At the end of this impeachment process, when we get to the Senate, is will people care? And it gets to Bruce's point. What will be the pressure on sitting senators and how they vote? Will people care when they hear all the facts? Back shortly from Chicago. Experience the pure holiday magic of Goodman Theatre's A Christmas Carol. For over four decades, the heartwarming story of Scrooge's discovery of kindness and empathy has enchanted more than a million theatergoers of all ages. The Chicago Tribune calls it a beloved holiday tradition that tugs at all the right heartstrings. Performances run November 16th through December 29th only. Get tickets for A Christmas Carol today at goodmantheatre.org. When someone hears the words, you have cancer, it's one of the darkest moments in their life. Light the Night brings light to the darkness of cancer by uniting survivors, patients, and supporters in the cause to end cancer. We form a community of hope, raising funds in support of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. The discoveries made by LLS-supported research have led to breakthrough treatments for many cancers and other serious diseases. When we walk, cancer runs. Join the movement to end cancer today. Visit us at lightthenight.org. Bruce Dumont back. We've got one segment to go, and uh, we're going to spend it talking about uh, Democratic politics and what's happening in the race, uh, the 2020 race, which is, well, again, one year from today. Americans will vote. And uh, let's take a look at some of those polls, uh, Fritz, if you'll put them up. Uh, this is, uh, according to ABC News, this is a national Democratic uh, preference poll. It has Joe Biden in first place at 28 percent, Elizabeth Warren 23 percent, Bernie Sanders at 17 percent, 
percent, and Pete Buttigieg has moved into fourth place at nine percent. Now, if we dig deeper and we go to the next graphic, we'll find out that this is uh, the uh, the way things uh, look as to uh, the, the likelihood of beating Donald Trump. Democrats were asked that. Forty-two percent say that Joe Biden is most likely to win. 17% think that Elizabeth Warren is most likely to win. Bernie Sanders at 16%. And Put Pete Buttigieg very low. Only 3% of Democrats uh, think that he can beat Donald Trump. Then the next graphic that we look at is where do things stand in the great state of Iowa right now for the caucuses? Elizabeth Warren, who this past week uh, released specifics on her Medicare for All plan, the $57 million, a trillion dollar price tag, she has moved into first place. She's going to be on defensive with that plan for most of the way. 22% in Iowa favor her. Second place is Bernie Sanders. Third place is Pete Buttigieg at 18%. And Joe Biden is now slipped to 17%. And if you look up the uh, the, the, the uh, matchups against Donald Trump, uh, we have in the case of uh, Biden, uh, Biden leads Donald Trump 51% to 40 to 39%. Sanders is at 49%. Trump is at 41%. Warren is at 46%. Trump is at 41%. Uh, ABC threw uh, Hillary Clinton into this uh, uh, race as well, or Fox News did, I should say. 43% for Hillary Clinton, 41% for Donald Trump. So he's pretty well locked in at the 41% figure. And then Pete Buttigieg, he is tied with Donald Trump at 41% uh, apiece. Uh, let me ask our Democrats. Now, you have not made a—you haven't picked anybody yet. No, not yet. How come? I mean, you're, you're, you're very liberal. There's got to be people in there that are very liberal. Think, are they just not electable? No, no, no. I think on the Democratic side, we have an embarrassment of riches, uh, with the exception of Well, they agree candidates. with part of that. They think it's um, an embarrassment. But, I, no, I would I agree mean, that it's have, an embarrassment. We have some phenomenal, very experienced candidates. And, and the fact is, I mean, they're rough-and-tumble primary. The fact is that on general philosophy, that the government can be a force for good, that we can fix government and have a better government that serves the people. They're in agreement. And on these broad principles of having you know, good jobs, making sure that nobody goes to bankruptcy because of— Thank you, of, Donald of, Trump. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. But having good jobs, making sure nobody goes into bankruptcy because of medical bills, they're in agreement. So there's not a ton of major, major differences between the candidates. So what is it's electability? It comes down to electability, right? And some of it just comes down to their approach. So I'll give you a good example. We haven't really talked about structural reform yet. But a lot of people are saying, and, and, and this is Warren's big idea, big ideas is, is her mantra, that all of these ideas are for naught unless we talk about filibuster reform. In other words, if everything requires 60 votes to pass the Senate, even if you have a Democratic White House and a Democratic House, you won't be able to get anything done. Do you want that to be the focal issue? Wouldn't the Democrats would love a discussion of the filibuster rule during the campaign? Oh, I, you, I, yeah, you we, wait, we want to talk fund about those spots. Pete, Mayor Pete's idea of stacking the Supreme Court mm -hmm. and about changing the Constitution. We need to update the Constitution. Right. Get rid of the Electoral and, and College. And get rid of the Electoral College and all the things that are, getting, that are getting in the way of Democrats actually winning elections again. So they want to kind of... Why would you want to talk about anything but the, but the, well, the $57 trillion cost of uh, Medicare oh, no, for we're All? we're being facetious oh. here. We're being okay, all right. Yeah, we're going to okay. be talking Listen, about it. In a Democratic sure. primary... And Bruce, these, these polls yes. that you pointed out head-to-head, -head, 
Once the Trump campaign begins and it's a head-to-head matchup. The Trump the campaign, yeah, first of all, gonna... the Trump campaign began the day that he took office. He filed for his re-election. That's the right. Campaign the campaign to impeach him been, began the, the day he was elected. The campaign has been ever since right. day put, one no, selling for Randall, Randall. Putting Randall. reform aside, I do think this 2020 will be much like 2016 where we'll have a divided popular vote and a divided electoral college outcome. Mm-hmm. And the only polls that are going to matter are the polls in Wisconsin, Michigan, Florida, North Carolina, and the key battleground states. Right. Because that's where this election. I agree. I, I agree right. with you on that. Who, in your view, uh, I, do you have a candidate yet? Not, no. Okay. But of, of that list, do, 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 do you think at this moment, who would you say is most likely to do well in Ohio and Michigan and Wisconsin of, of the group we have, that I've just articulated? Well, I think that uh, both Biden and Buttigieg are probably likely to appeal to uh, voters who have economic hardship, who were promised jobs from industries that are not coming back and don't have those jobs in the first term of a Trump administration. And Mayor Pete will be in a great position to tout all of his credentials and how well he's done in a city of barely 100,000 people. I will say this. When I see Buttigieg at 41-41 head on with Trump, I think a sea change comes as he, his campaign appears to be surging, as it did this weekend in Iowa, yes. if he gets to numbers that are better than Trump's head-on, then I think the president has a serious problem. Okay. The, the president does, or that he becomes a more viable nominee? Yeah. He's, he's both a more viable nominee because if he can convince people he can win, and that is, I think, his biggest problem, then he's in, really in the race to stay. Yeah. It's his biggest problem that he's gay? No. Georgia? No. no. I think not in the states that were mentioned. I I sure would hope not. Nobody thinks that. Okay. On that note of agreement amongst our four uh, people, I want to thank uh, Josh Cantrell. I want to thank uh, Ginny Ives. I want to thank Georgia Logothides. I want to thank Randall Sanborn uh, for being us. One one quick story. The, uh, The revelation of the whistleblower's name. Will that be a bigger story next week? Is this story going to go further than it went tonight? Anybody want to predict? You say no? I say no. Don't think so? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Okay. You heard it here first? Maybe you maybe you heard it here last. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Thank you, uh, uh, Hector Panecho and also Andrew Marshall and also Fritz Goldman for their assistance in the production of this program. Uh, give me that name again. Hector, did I say it right? Pitchko. Pinechko. Pateco, yeah. Conventional spelling. Until next week, this is Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned 
I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. We all want more time with our dads, brothers, partners, friends, and our sons. Time for more conversations, more catch-ups, more of what life's all about. Now is our time to make it happen. Together, we can stop men dying too young by tackling the big issues. Prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health, suicide. It's time to act. Sign up at Movember.com and raise funds to help change the face of men's health. GTG, BRB, OMW, be there in a few. You may think that these kinds of texts are fine because of their length, and you can easily send them at a stoplight. But no, answering one text can take your attention away from the road for five seconds. And traveling at 55 miles an hour, that's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Make good decisions. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing. Basically, the doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you, you are going to die. Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life, made possible by an organ donor. You know, your well-being changes. From loss of hope to hope to better times ahead. More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. 